Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Today is what you might call a very unofficial American holiday, 420. It's an appropriate, it's as appropriate a time as any to take a hard look at our laws that have over-criminalized the use of marijuana and put it on a par with heroin, LSD, and other narcotics that bear little or no resemblance in their effects either on individuals or on society more broadly. There you go. The war on drugs. All right. Has too Whatever. That's Chuck Schumer, the leader of the Senate, talking about it for the Democrats, talking about um, it being 420, which I'd yeah. forgotten. I went to pick up my lawnmower yesterday, and uh, no, I had to pick up a battery. But anyway, I'm at the lawnmower repair shop, and he said, good thing you came today. You wouldn't have been able to get in tomorrow. And he chuckled. At the lawnmower repair shop? He chuckled, and I said, how come? He said, tomorrow's 420. And I thought, and what? Uh, I didn't realize there's a new marijuana dispensary right across from him. And he said last year they were around the block and in front of all my doors, and there was no place to park and nobody could get in. He said I actually had to talk to the city about trying to you know clear out a spot so I could do business. <clears throat> he said, you see the armed guards over there. They're, they're ramping up for it. And they had two guys that actually they looked like you know something out of uh, narco, um, f- which I'm not quite sure what that's all about. Uh, because of federal banking stuff, a lot of these things are are cash businesses. Correct. So they yeah, are, they can't use oh, banks like regular businesses, which is dumb. Yeah, uh, which is. is crazy dumb. But yeah, these guys looked like they were ready for nine eleven or something like they that are. outside the marijuana dispensary. Mm-hmm. And uh, okay, that's silly. Well, at the, the idea of- that there'd be that much cash there because of the laws is silly. If it's a legal business, it's a legal business. Yeah. Well, at the risk of causing clocks to run backwards and dogs to stand on their hind legs and begin speaking, I am going to say something I have almost never said. I agree with Chuck Schumer. Hmm. We need to get the the marijuana off the schedule A, mostly so universities can start experimenting. I think it, the the potent pot of today is way more dangerous. You to young want brains. university students experimenting with marijuana? Great news for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have some bad news. Uh, no, I want I want uh, labs and universities to be able to experiment freely on what pot does, particularly potent pot to young minds. Mm. I want people to be fully acquainted of the dangers of smoking too much pot, and and schools are are restrained from that, among and, other. Things. As part of the kind of uh, pushback against the the reefer madness craze of decades gone past, there has been a lot of oh, it's it's absolutely harmless rhetoric flying yeah. around. And it's hard to get past that until you can actually get the the studies and and, and do more informative research on these things. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Um, so Barack Obama and Joe Biden called George Floyd's brother yesterday, which I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, oh, that reminds me. That reminds me. Joe's some been the, reminded. Some of the close relatives of some of the victims of police violence. That's in quotes, because a lot of these stories have been wildly misinterpreted, misreported, uh, it just it's, it's race-baiting, the rest of it. But Michael Brown, for instance, um, uh, Breonna Taylor, their close relatives are coming out and saying Black Lives Matter is a scam. They are indicting Black Lives Matter as a scam. Stay with us. Interesting. Um, That's what I'm shooting for. So the mayor, no, no, the governor of Minnesota. Oh, what a putz. 
yesterday gave a little speech, and I was shocked at what he said. We'll play just a little bit. Systemic and fundamental changes will need to be made, and it needs to be started with systemic public safety reforms. Some very simple truths that I think we can all agree on, and let's work from there. No one should die for a simple traffic violation. What? There's enough smart people out there and enough agreement around that that we should be able to find some answers. Because to be very clear, if we don't find that answer, we're going to be right back in this situation. And I'm going to continue to say it. We cannot continue. We cannot live this way. Uh, can I ask a question? Where's the, where, where did the person die from a simple traffic violation? Where did that happen? I mean, when the guy got pulled over because his, ta- his tags were expired, but when they ran the tags, they found out that he was, uh, they had a warrant out for his arrest because of a armed robbery where they stuck a gun in some woman's face. You mean mm-hmm. that one? That's not a simple traffic violation, you see. You see, you're making it sound like uh, in, in, in inferring that there are white police officers pulling over black people for random things like a uh, smelly thing hand, hanging from your rearview mirror and then shooting them dead. Right. Right, that is That's what he said. That's not what happened. Well, and, and he as named the governor, as the freaking governor, you've got a responsibility to cool things down, not heat them up. And he well, just heated was them up. R- really bad was right before that, he name-checked several names. Including Michael Brown, which <clears throat> I just couldn't believe. And and who was, the, who was the chap who was a rapist who the cops discovered back at the house of his ex? Oh, yeah, that's horrible story. And he fought the cops. He went away from them. He went into his car, uh, perhaps to grab a knife, and they shot him, and he was paralyzed for the waist down. I don't, uh, waist down. I don't recall his name, but that guy. He name-checked that guy as being shot during a routine traffic stop. Tim Tim Waltz, the governor of Minnesota, is a freaking liar and a race baiter. And he is also, he's he's a member of the Democratic Farmer Labor Party. Popular guy in Minnesota. He's gotten elected to Congress over and over again. I believe a couple of terms as governor, um, beating the Republican. But that is despicable, sir. Whipping up. And, and why wouldn't you know black people listen to you? You're the governor. Of they assume course. you're telling the truth. You are whipping up racial hatred based on lies. That is utterly unforgivable. Or you're a white college person trying to figure out, you know, where we are in America right now and what you're protesting and what you're not. And you just heard the governor infer, as I said, that, yeah, this is what's going on. You have racist police officers killing black people over routine traffic stops. <sighs> wow. I can't believe that's a governor saying that. Young man in Chicago, recruited by a gang, participated in a gun crime, ran from the cops in the middle of the night, in the dark, turned suddenly, the cops shot him, he ditched the gun, it's tragic, a boy like that, killed by the gang lifestyle. But Tim Walt said, no, that was more racist cops. That's just brutal. God, I couldn't believe it. I was watching Special Report with Brett Bear last night, and they, listened, they aired this guy going on and on and on. I was like, why are you giving this guy a platform? But, you know, the more I heard, the more I thought, I need to hear this. No, I, I like this stuff being aired. I, but, but, um, but man, there, there needs to be pushback. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's just unbelievable. How many times have you heard killed during a routine traffic stop in the last week? Almost every time you hear the report? Oh, sure, yeah. Exactly. Or an unarmed black man who was trying to get the cop's gun or reaching for a gun or had just dropped the gun. 
Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, uh, we are going to get the race war the media is looking for and the Marxist lefty politicians are looking for. Yes. It's the only way to tear the system down. They tried class warfare for most of the 20th century and they just couldn't get it going. So they decided, thanks to critical race theory and, and read James Lindsay's book, Cynical Theories. It's a little dry, but it's good. Um, they decided, all right, let's try race this time and tear down society. Well, I do think there are plenty of Marxists at the top that as what they're doing. But I think the the most of your journalists and politicians just think that they can play this game and manage it. Mm-hmm. They just... Or they're the useful idiots who who think, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm anti-racist. I'm, I'm, I'm with that. That's who I am now. I'm excited. That makes me a good person. Look, everybody, look what a good person I am. But they've been duped. It's it's scary where this is going to go. It's not going to get better. It's going to get worse, a lot worse. So some of these relatives of notable uh, folks who've been in the news, what they think about Black Lives Matter, yet another piece of information has come to light that the dedicated Marxist at the head of the thing is making zillions of bucks. It's the world's richest communist. Although what's funny is in communist societies, the elite always get rich every single time. In Venezuela, Jack... You know who's the second richest person in Venezuela? Hugo. See, that's why I'm not Vince Scully. Hugo. Socialism failing to work as it always does. This time in Venezuela. You talk about giving everybody something free and all of a sudden there's no food to eat. And who do you think is the richest person in Venezuela? The daughter of Hugo Chavez. Hello. Anyway, 0-2. Oh, he is missed, man. Hello. <laughs> I wish there was more of that. Ted Nugent has COVID. Just saw the headline. Oh, my goodness. That's a, how will I adjust? Refused to get the vaccine. Now he's got COVID. Just goes to show you. Anybody want to make a catch scratch fever joke? No. no me neither. Oh, he's been vaccinated for that. But So you bit. You went ahead. But not the COVID. Um... <laughs> <laughs> we got to catch up on a number of other. There was the other one I want to get to. Oh yeah, uh, L.A. They're working on the city budget. Going to release it today, and it includes a billion dollars to attack homelessness. A billion dollars. A lot of it is stim is uh, COVID money. So COVID money is going to how how because how why the homeless thing that started before COVID with the um, huh? you could draw a phony line between the two, but it'd be phony. Nah, all yeah, that. You, Gonna make it easier to be a junkie. All Hooray. that on the way, all that. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Hello, my friends at NASA. When I heard about this helicopter ride on Mars, it was like I was so excited about that that immediately I wanted to just scream out and say, get your ass to Mars. But then I realized you're already on Mars. I mean, what the hell am I talking about? <laughs> so I said to myself, this is really fantastic. We're all celebrating for the first time to have a helicopter take off on Mars. And then I cannot wait for all the footage and all what this looks like itself. What? So I think the only thing that I can say since we're dealing with a helicopter is <laughs> Get to the chopper! Oh, yeah. <laughs> he Got said it. that one, huh? Oh, man, uh, okay, uh, 
Okay, uh, fine. E- even if you're uh, going to uh, accept that it's amusing that he uses a line from his movie, way too much setup there, Arnold. Yeah, no kidding. Rambling nonsense. And then he just yells, get to the chopper! <laughs> <laughs> and then he busts up. He's just cracking himself up. Sean, you'll yes. enjoy this. I got a, a buddy of mine who, who uh, playing golf. You know, if you hit the ball too far, you'll say, get down, get down. He's, he always says, get down now. <laughs> <laughs> Very amusing. I have some you like that, huh? <laughs> I have some important sports notes for you. But first, really? but first this. Las Vegas wants to ban grass. They will. Uh, they want to ban grass that nobody walks on. If it's purely ornamental, it sucks up too much water. Huh. Even though it cools everything down, keeps the dirt in place. There are, there are better options, they say. Okay. Uh, they've spent two what? decades trying to get people to replace thirsty greenery with desert plants, and now they're asking the Nevada legislature to outlaw 40 per- roughly 40% of the turf left in uh, Las Vegas. Hmm. There are uh, roughly eight square miles of non-functional turf in the metro area, grass that no one ever walks on or otherwise uses in street medians, housing developments, and office parks, and it sucks up a lot of water. You know what? Um, I think they're probably right. You know, that's interesting. Like, yeah, the, the, the medians and the office parks thing, that whole thing, it makes them look nice, but it does. You know, yeah. well-landscaped rock cactus stuff looks good, too. Yeah, so if kids run on it or play on it or whatever, they, they say leave it. That's fine. Yeah, I agree Somebody's with that. Playing, oh, I yeah, get it. I think it's probably a good idea. Here are my sports notes. One that I don't really understand, but I think it's kind of interesting. All your big soccer teams are joining together for a new Super League. Yeah, I was just reading about that. And uh, soccer fans seem unpleased. In yeah. Europe. So what do they call the regular soccer champion, the tournament of champions, or the championship? Uh, See, I'm not into soccer. Soccer's already somewhat fractured. The Premier League is kind of the the, but the, big the existing one. big league the, right now. Yeah, yeah. So, but the, all your your Manchester United and your Madrid, what you call it, and all all the big teams that you know matter have said, "Yep, we're going to go over to this new Super League," and it's all about money, obviously. But sure, traditionalists don't. It'd be like if all the best NBA teams decided to have their own league. Mm-hmm. And uh, call it something different, you know. Yeah, it's a power play. It's like boxing went through, and the and the ultimate fighting or uh, mixed martial arts. Uh, yeah, I don't care at all. I'm just throwing it out there in case you didn't know that. Yeah, I uh, guess it's an enormous story if you're into the Euro soccer. I re- I, re- I thought this article was really good, and I read the whole thing for some reason. Why the worst NBA player is still better than you? And there are only at any given time 500 players in the NBA. So you have, theoretically, not completely true, but pretty damn close to true, the 500 best basketball players in the world are on the NBA at any given time. And those bottom 100 are fighting every single day to stay in that 500 because there are new ones made all over the world every day. That uh, that come of age and can play, and so you got to you got to be pretty good. And it it talks about your lower rung NBA players and how they're always challenged by amateurs. Mm -hmm. It happens to them all the time. If you sat at the end of the bench for the NBA and you're at a gym, some dude is going to get in your face and challenge you. Right. And all these end of the bench NBAers talk about how I beat everybody. I beat them eleven to nothing. I beat them ten to nothing. I beat them fifteen to nothing. Occasionally they'll be an eleven to one. And just how they're just they're they're in a different league, if you'll pardon the expression, and they have a different gear they talked about 
They just have a different gear as professional athletes from sure. normal people. Well, well, Sean, there was a charming video. What are your your big, white, doofus-looking guys who almost never played? That's what this Star article Brady. came from. Yeah, yeah. That's where this article okay. came from. Yeah, 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 that one went viral. He's a he's a big, soft-looking guy. And, he and beats- I'm sorry, what's the name again? Brian Scalabrini. He now does okay, cool. uh, the broadcast for the Celtics as well. And he beats people all the time who are young athletic dudes who just, yeah, just don't realize them. Yeah, and yeah, he is he tells people I am closer to LeBron James than you are to me. And that's undoubtedly true. That's funny. <laughs> uh maybe it's cuz I'm not that athletic. I assumed that about I assumed that anyway. If just knowing that it's the 500 best players in the world, I assume they're so much better. There's a lot of Uncle Ricos out there who think that if they just would have got put in in the fourth quarter, we could have won state. <laughs> that means all those Division One NCAA players that just finished that aren't going to make it to the NBA aren't as good as them, aren't as good sure. as those top 500. And you're not even close to as good as those guys. Right. So where yeah. are you, Why would you think you are? It's just interesting. Yeah, golf is like that. I've played guys who washed out of, like, the third-tier tour, and they're the best player you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and and you look at him and you think, how could anybody be better than that? One of the NBA players they quoted, uh, who you've never heard of, said, I've got a stupid gear that norm- normal people don't have, and I wish I didn't have it. He said, I injure myself all the time, but if I get into a competition, I go into my stupid gear, and I will win, but it's, it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's funny, that's like Baxter chasing the tennis ball. He's so hell-bent, he'll break a leg going after a tennis ball. I, I wish there was a pro league for that. I'm ashamed of a story I repeated that turned out not to be true, among other things on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. My husband says there's a finger in the driveway. Ellen, oh, by the way, you have two flat tires. Literally been laughing all day because if I don't, I think I might cry. If you're going to go to the hospital, especially if you just sever your finger off, you would take said finger with you. We assume it happened around 1030 last night because we had our neighbor across the street that lives next door to him heard a yell and some crying around 1030 and then he sped off shortly after. I don't find joy in anybody hurting themselves. However, karma has a good way of working itself out. So apparently her neighbor decided to slash her tires for some reason ah. and accidentally cut off his finger. Oh, my God. And left oh, it there. Oh, that's gross. That's justice. Frontier justice or kind something. Of, I don't know. <laughs> what kind of beef you got with your neighbor where they slash your tires and then you laugh at them, finger the finger getting cut off? Well... <laughs> I mean, what, what's well, going on? How do you slash tires? What are you doing? Does nobody You're want like to move? Slashing wildly at it, or yeah, yeah. Somebody, somebody would you think would be looking to moving? I think probably they may be. I think old Nine Finger Jimmy is, is probably <laughs> taking a look. So, a couple of quick stories for you here. They're just uh, you know we've been telling you for the longest time. Uh, of course, Black Lives Matter. Of course, Black Americans deserve all their civil rights and the respect of law enforcement. Blah blah blah. Everybody should be treated equally. Uh, but Black Lives Matter, the organization, is a Marxist organization intent on tearing down everything you you hold dear. Not only that, listen to this. Black Lives Matter ignores victims of systemic racism and enriches a select few. So see the families of some of those killed by police who've come to the attention of the group's own activists. 
Founded in 2013 following the acquittal of George Zimmerman for his role in Trayvon Martin's death, they've held protests uh, against perceived systemic racism, etc., etc. But on Thursday, the mother of Breonna Taylor, you remember her killed tragically, police raid, March 2020, Louisville, Kentucky, she says BLM is nothing more than a scam. Quote, I've never personally dealt with BLM Louisville and personally found them to be a fraud. I could walk into a room full of people who claim to be here for Brianna's family who don't even know who I am. I've watched y'all raise money on behalf of Brianna's family who has never done a damn thing for us, nor have we ever needed it or mm. asked or asked. So talk about fraud. It's amazing how many people have lost focus. I'm going to say this before I go. I am so sick of some of y'all. Her critiques were not unique. Last month, the father of Michael Brown, an 18-year-old shot and killed by police officers in Ferguson, Missouri. Justifiedly. Yeah, according to everyone. Eric Holder and Barack Obama said, yeah, the cop did nothing wrong. Putting aside the the twisted rhetoric involved with that particular case, um, his father asked Black Lives Matter a simple question. Where's all that money going? A review of Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation financial documents found the group raised nearly $100 million in 2020, of which less than $40 million was spent in last year. Michael Brown Sr. asked, who are they giving the money to? What are they doing with it? Why hasn't my family's foundation received any assistance from the movement? How could you leave the families who are helping the community without any funding? The Lincoln Project, Black Lives Matter, you could go on with a long list of these sorts of things. Uh, really pay attention to who you give money to and how yeah. they spend their money on what. Yeah, more first, common than not, more common than not, absolutely that true. money is stolen or wasted, and often at great levels. Some of the activist group leaders, life has been good for them, though. Patrice Conculler's over the last five years. She's bought millions of dollars of real estate in California and Georgia. The self-proclaimed Marxist defended those purchases, saying they were consistent with her commitment to communism and racial justice. Listen to this. I think that is a critique that is wanting, and I say that because the way I live my life is in direct support to black people, including my black family members, first and foremost. She said in an interview just this past Thursday, for so many black folks who are able to invest in themselves and in their community, they choose to invest in their family. And that's what I've chosen to do. In other words, her family's gotten rich. I've decided to invest in my family. And and that's her (laughs) defense. That's a good word for I took money from a charity that you thought was going to make the world better. And I gave it to me so I could live in a million dollar house and my family. I've decided to invest in my family. That is beautiful. (laughs) And And I I want to live in the same neighborhood as uh, Tiger Woods and uh, what's his name? Justin Timberlake. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it also uh, came up recently that Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation co-founder Patrice Cullors ranked in upwards of $20,000 a month, serving as the chairwoman of L.A. Jail Reform Group in 2019. Reform L.A. Jails paid her through a consulting firm almost $200,000 for uh, the year of 2019 alone. I'll bet Listen. it's so easy to do if one of these things gets hot nobody's paying any attention. It'd be maybe you alone or maybe you and one or two other people deciding how much should we pay ourselves should we include our like where we stay and what we got to drive and everything yeah might as well sure and i mean hey nobody's gonna pay any attention how about uh my husband you know he uh he took some accounting classes in college let's put him on the payroll 
and then everybody gets rich. And and American corporations, cowed by the mobs in the streets and wanting desperately to be seen as being on the right side of history, gave hundreds of millions of dollars to this organization. You stupid fools. And you people who listen to them and the, the stuff in the, the classroom, the indoctrination, you're fools. You're all fools. Foolish fools and your foolishness. Well, how much? How many things did I buy or eat or wear where they said a percentage of this goes to Black Lives Matter? So I'm glad I could help her uh, buy her house so she could live in the same neighborhood as Justin Timberlake. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a nice spot, too. I've seen it. Uh, The scenery is absolutely beautiful. Hey, uh, more to come. I repeated a lie. We repeated a lie. And uh, I am embarrassed by it, and we'll try not to do it in the future. Explain that coming up. Yeah, well, unlike every media outlet in America, except for us, we will admit that we got duped, so uh, stay tuned for that. A quick message from our friends at Simply Safe. This is such a good point. No matter what kind of hood you live in, there's part of your house that feels a little less secure than you might want it to be. Maybe it's your first floor windows or a French door or something you know is a vulnerability. Well, set up one of these systems, a home security system from Simply Safe, award-winning system, and then you don't have to worry because you know your house is always being guarded. Yeah, and it's, it simply is simply safe. It's the right name because everything is so simple. Um, so you go online to simplysafe.com. In a couple of clicks, you've got the system that will fit your house. Then in a week, I mean, like, you know, a week from now, you could have simply safe. Uh, the system arrives, takes about 30 minutes to set it up, and it's really easy to use. And now you've got that protection we were just talking about. And it's worth having a conversation with your family, too. If you feel safe in your house, ask ask your sweetheart. Ask your kids. You know, make sure everybody can sleep at night. Just go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. You get a free security camera because you know us. It's also a 60-day risk-free trial, so there's nothing to lose. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. You check this out. There's no obligation. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. That reminds me. I was over to a guy's house the other day. He lives in town, and um, he hadn't been there very long, but he apparently leaves his back porch porch light on and front porch light on all night long for uh for safety reasons uh-huh. um uh, and uh and so uh we're there at his house and there's a knock at the door and uh and we're standing there by the front door so he opens the door and there's a a little old lady standing there your your quintessential little old lady and she doesn't she starts with you leave your light on all night long and he Oof. says uh i'm sorry hello hi yeah. i'm joe <laughs> <laughs> she said, you leave your back porch light on all night long, don't you? He says, yes. Well, it shines right in my son's eyes. And I'm thinking, and we later discussed, I'm thinking, your son's eyes, you look to be like 80. Your son has got to be <laughs> somewhere between 50 and 60. I mean, and sleeps with his eyes open, apparently. <laughs> And he sent you over. What's going on here? He can't sleep because it shines right in his eyes. And so uh, my friend Get says. Get some drapes. My friend says, well, I'll try to point it in a different direction. Well, I yes, because he can't sleep. And then she storms off. I don't wow, know anything nice more gal. about this, but now we're now we're making all kinds of assumptions and wonderings about what's going on over at that, that house where the 50-year-old son sends his mom over to the neighbor to complain about the porch light. Or something? I don't know what's going on there exactly. Yeah. Yeah, there's oddness. (laughs) I'd say. Now now I feel like uh, I want to know more about this house and what kind of weirdness. I just, I feel like there's some, all kinds of craziness going on in there. 
She was well, clearly a, a lack nut, of window blinds. She was clearly a nut job. The, her son's a nut job. The, there is no son. The light annoys her. But uh, you she, think that's it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I think she's creating another person to. The, there's a there's an issue with somebody else, or maybe yeah. I don't know. But that, yeah, you that'd could be, be right. Read. I didn't even think of that one. She's still clearly a nut to start the conversation yeah. with the. Your parts light is on. Oh my! Well, you see, she's been having this conversation for weeks, maybe months, to herself. All right. And so she is just picking up <laughs> midstream of thought. Right. Where you, everyone else involved has has been unaware that you're, this conversation has even begun. I think you're right about that. There are occasions when certain women I care about very much will go off on a screed, and I'll have to stop them and say, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, you're well, right. you got to start at the beginning. You're right. That whole you've been having the conversation in your own head yourself can lead you astray. Yes, it has on occasion. <laughs> start the conversation and another thing. <laughs> you got to have a first thing to have another thing. Yeah, why don't you, I don't know, close your blinds or look the other direction, or maybe you're just looking for something to be mad about. It's like, for some reason, it popped into my head the classic joke of a lady calls the cops, and the cops come over, and she says, my neighbor um, is is naked in their house all the time. And the cop looks out the window and says, I don't see it. And she says, well, you got to stand up on this chair and get the... All <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so we repeated, everybody did, but we repeated the story... After the uh, insurrection at the Capitol on January 6th, that a police officer was beaten to death with a fire extinguisher. Horrifying. Horrifying violence among, you know, supposedly cop-loving Trump supporters to beat a policeman to death with a fire extinguisher. I don't know how many times I said that. Um, Turns out that never happened at all. Never happened at all. Who started it? How did it get started? How did it get it repeated for so long? How did it take months to find out what actually happened? Is all a very interesting story, and we'll get into that coming up. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Officer Brian Sicknick died after being hit in the head with a fire extinguisher during the hours-long attack. They beat a Capitol Police officer to death with a fire extinguisher. Officer Brian Sicknick died after being hit in the head with a fire extinguisher during the fight. He died at the age of 42 after he was bludgeoned with a fire extinguisher. Yeah, that's just a part of uh, mainstream media reporting that, including us. And I just assumed that when the New York Times, the Washington Post, and every cable news show, including Fox, is saying that sort of thing, that it's true. Turns out they went into detail about him being rushed to the hospital with a gash in his head and the rest of it. Turns out it's just not true. That's not what happened at all. And, uh, man, it's troubling on a bunch of levels. Now, I want to throw in this one caveat, just because I know from reading Twitter, what a certain crowd thinks. Um, January 6th happened. It's real. There were some real scumbags there doing some really awful things that are really scary. And uh, a lot of violence, and a lot of those people probably ought to be uh, kept away from the rest of us forever. Um, there were some terrible... But, but regardless, you can't make up stuff like a cop was beaten to death with a fire extinguisher if it didn't happen at all. Glenn Greenwald was on... Tucker last night talking about it. 
The original autopsy found no blunt trauma. His family said that he called them that night to say that he was totally fine. His mother said that he thought she thought he died of a stroke. This is what is so repulsive is they completely exploited this person, this, this young uh, police officer who they obviously didn't care anything about. They saw him as a toy to exploit his death for purely political ends in ways that how now we now now know were a complete and utter lie. Obviously, the tiniest amount of real journalism checking with the family, the hospital or anything would have uncovered this in the early hours of the story, let alone how long ago was that now? January 6th, January, February, April, two and a half months, you missed two March. months in a week. Oh, I left out a March. month. I left out a month. Great I don't, I'm Scott, how are you on the days of the week? Um, <laughs> there's five of them. I got all five. Monday, of them. Thursday. Yes. <laughs> but how, how does it take this many months to straighten out this story? Matt Taibbi of Substack and uh, Rolling Stone said there was once industry embarrassment about errors like this, but now the various sides just circle wagons. The total lack of interest in fixing this stuff will make everyone more dug in. Um, and he he um. Uh, and he quotes a whole bunch of blue check marks in major news organizations who don't seem to care that much about it. Glenn Greenwald, I'll read some more from his tweeting about this. The media lied repeatedly about Officer Brian Sicknick's death, and they just got caught. That's his headline. Just as with the Russia bounty debacle, they will never acknowledge what they did. Their audience wants to be lied to and are grateful for it, for partisan gain and emotional pleasure, and that is why they prefer these media outlets not provide accountability or self-critique. Well, well, right. If you have a nugget that useful to the narrative, why would you mess with it? Why would you question it? Flip it over and look at the other side. Stop Glenn, it. Glenn Greenwald says, as I detailed over and over when reporting this, there were so many reasons to doubt this storyline from the start. And a few others tried doing the same. But anyone who questioned it was subjected to the standard smears. Truther, white nationalist, sympathizer, terrorist, etc. And he's got a bunch of links to tweets that were tweeted at him and others about being a, a January 6th truthers and a QAnon and that sort of thing for questioning what turned out to be a made-up story. <laughs> yeah, Glenn Greenwald's down with QAnon. Hilarious. Um, other stuff on that. Uh, Andy McCarthy with National Review. He's on the right. Truly disgraceful that we're just learning this now from a month ago after arrests for alleged assault officer sickening. Many questions remain. Um, absolutely. Many questions remain. And one more. Britt Hume from Fox texted. One would never know from reading this anodyne report that the New York Times just put out that he, um, th- that the false account was the false account was widely quoted in yet another media fiasco, but you'd never know it was a big deal based on the New York Times. No, their headline, Officer Attacked in Capital Riot Dies of Strokes. That's their headline, and they spend no time talking about, and we, and we repeated the story that he'd been beaten to death with a fire extinguisher over and over for months. Multiple moves, news stories and editorials based on that idea. And, and what's really kind of a shame is that would be a great story. How did that story get started? How did everybody repeat it? What has happened to our standards? What has happened to getting a second source or even a first? Yeah. You're right. That, that should be something the, the Columbia School of Journalism takes a look at. How did it get started? How did it get repeated? Um, what causes this in human nature? What can we do to make sure this doesn't happen again? There doesn't seem to be any interest in that. 
Well, in the Russian collusion hoax and Adam Schiff making claims over and over again that he had secret evidence and all sorts of unnamed one sourced secret stories in the New York Times. And, and I mean, this is part of a flood of this sort of thing. And no, there is no self-examination. There is no um, ombudsman to say, hey, we really screwed up anymore. It but just gets in the way. Doesn't doesn't the don't the New York Times doesn't Nicole Wallace, who I can't stand on MSNBC, don't they realize they're helping Trump? When you present fake news that gets outed as completely fake news, provable, verifiable fake news, you're only helping Trump and anybody else who wants to say you're fake news. Don't you realize that? Four words. Did it get clicks? If you're it's the only standard. If you're better than the Trump side of things like you believe you are, then just go with the facts. And you'll be solid. But if you make up stories, you open yourself up to fake news, your real stories won't be believed. Is this sure. very difficult to follow? Have you ever heard of The Boy Who Cried Wolf? Short-term glory over long-term benefit? Please, it's, it's the story of the 20th century. Clickonomics, man. It's something else. You combine that with that whole fake Putin's paying bounties on American soldiers in Afghanistan thing and the rest of it. It's just... Why would I believe anything? That I hear out of the major news outlets anymore. And if I'm not going to believe it, if we're just going to decide, okay, we don't believe anything, well, then how do we function as a society? How do we have debates about any conversation if we don't have any facts to uh, agree upon? Well, it will be very difficult. Yes, positive show. Does the news have a monopoly on facts? I think facts can exist in an era where the news is terrible, though, right? Yeah, it's just harder. I mean, if if there aren't generally agreed upon uh, wells of truth, then it's more likely you get siloed and, and you'd find none to share. Yeah, It's not a good development. I would like to think that all of social media and all the different news outlets and websites can can bring us the truth, but it, it, isn't, it isn't happening yet. It isn't happening yet. A mistake of this size, this scale, would have resulted in multiple firings not too many years Armstrong ago. Armstrong and 